So it's been a little bit since the last podcast. School's gotten started back. We've all been trying to get into a routine. So I really haven't had as much time. I'm actually doing this while I'm driving to work. I've got my phone on speakerphone and I'm just just talking. So there's not really a scripted type message today. The topic I do want to talk about is how our garden evolves near the end of summer, especially if you're looking at planting a fall garden. So for me, you know, we've had some successes this year. Like we had a lot of squash growing, but then we got the dreaded powdery mildew, and I tried to fix it with some neem oil spray, and it just keeps cropping up. I think a big part of the problem is that we are watering our plants in the evening, because I just don't have time in the morning. I already get up at 5.30 to get everything going, and I'm not getting up at 5 to go water plants. So, it just keeps popping up. We had a couple of yellow squash plants, so we had three of those, and um, a small patty pan, and then we had two more patty pan squash kind of pop up the back. I really thought they were more pumpkins, so oops, surprise. Then we had three squash plants up front because at the time I I just thought we had yellow squash, so we planted some others. And uh, so then we sort of were overran with squash anyway. So I pulled up the yellow squash because that was the squash plants that were getting the worst of the powdery mildew at the time. And then I pulled up one of the patty pan. And I still have two patty pan in the back. And I just keep like tearing off a few leaves here and there. Um, I'll probably spray it again soon, but you have to have a few weeks in between when you spray. And I'll see if that works. If it doesn't, I'm just going to pull them up. Right now, they're still producing, you know, several patty pan. Not super prolific, but um, there are some on each of them. So I'm trying to hold off on that. And then we had our zucchini plant. I pulled him up just yesterday. He had been fighting it and fighting it. He produced, you know, some zucchini, but it was to the point where he had like one little zucchini on him and not very many blooms at all. And, um, the zucchini he had on there didn't look like it was going to make it so I was like oh it's time it's just time to do that uh, and then so I've, what I've got left essentially are two patty pan and a mystery one and I say mystery because I really don't remember what seeds we had I let my daughter pick a lot of that out as we've talked about in other episodes and um, I just I've never grown this kind of squash so I'm not really sure what it is I believe it's some sort of winter variety fall variety type squash so um, he's got a couple of squash on there and we'll just see what he turns into I'll try to update you guys when I find out so that's cleared a little bit of space in our garden um, to grow some things and once I get rid of a few more then I will have even more space to get the fall garden just kind of going. We started our seedlings a little early. It's been kind of hot this season. Uh, we sort of skipped spring and moved right into summer. So I'm a little afraid we're gonna skip summer at some point. Like it's been so long, I guess not skip. That's not really the right um, words to use. But that it will suddenly end as opposed to slowly petering out. I don't know. My luck, it'll probably stay around forever. And I'll be sad I started a lot of my fall crops early. But I wanted to make sure that I got them started so that I could transplant them and we could actually maybe get something off of them before the first frost date. 
So what we started so far are beets. I think I'm the only person in the house that likes them, but that's fine. I'll eat them all. And I know a lot of people who say they don't like beets and they've only eaten them like uh, canned. Like my grandmother makes wonderful canned beets. I love them that way, kind of pickled. But I actually, when I get a fresh beet out, I like to um, roast it in the oven or cut it up and cook it in um, on the stove. I just think it has a really wonderful earthy flavor to it. Now I'm no like beet expert. I'm not amazing at it. Like I said, I'm the only one that eats it, so I don't cook them very often. I usually don't grow that many. I'm not growing that many this year. Maybe ten or twelve have became beet sprouts. Um, and then we're gonna do some cauliflower. I think about only six of our seeds really germinated and are are growing into little things that we can transplant before too much longer. Cabbage, which we had a lot of. So that's exciting because we grew, um, we haven't grown any cabbage yet, but a few years ago I tried to grow some in the summer, like, because once again that year spring sort of skipped on into summer pretty quick. And I didn't do that well. Like, there's a lot more pests, I guess, that happened at that time. So I'm hoping that growing them in the fall that we'll actually get some nice cabbage. All the family eats cabbage. We love fried cabbage. We love slaw. We love to just... I like to stick in sandwiches. There's the family not so much. The kids like to eat it raw. So, um, you know, we eat a lot of cabbage. So I'm cool if there's a lot of those. I'm not home to count them, but that was the one that had quite a lot of them that germinated and are, are seemed to be doing well. And we also have broccoli, and I know that we talked about broccoli, and we're having to pull our broccoli up because we just got too many pest problems this year. We didn't have the big broccoli. We had the stir-fry broccoli. So we're going to try to grow some big broccoli and see how that goes. And, of course, carrots. Now, I had put quite a few carrot seeds into a pot. I don't know if you guys watch Homegrown Veg on YouTube, um, but I really, I like watching it, and my daughter loves watching it because it's just an older gentleman. I believe he might be Scottish somewhere in Europe, um, and he's just really fun. He grows all kinds of things in these these pots that aren't very big, so he does a great job of spacing out his seeds and getting quite a few carrots per not-so-large pot, but I did not, so I have a pot that's a similar size, and I think I have four carrots growing in it, but there are four carrots. They're growing. They're making carrots. Um, it's exciting. Emily's excited. She wants to eat them now, and I'm like, it's not quite time. We're going to grow a few more carrots, um, and then we'll still have probably the new squash plant, because it seems to be doing the best out of all of them. We'll just let him go until either the powdery mildew takes him down, or I just get tired of seeing him. Uh, we still have tons of tomatoes coming on, and our cucumbers got a little bit of the mildew too, so I sprayed them, and then I just took off all the leaves that looked affected, and he looked kind of sad, like I just have a couple of they well three now because I forget there's one that popped up in the front garden too but so um they had given us enough to eat on you know but you know not a whole lot but I was looking this week and after I sprayed and after I pulled off the effective leaves and I thought oh one of them especially the most prolific one looked really terrible so um I thought oh we're not really gonna get any more cucumbers probably but I'm gonna try this last ditch effort to see how it turns out uh, we have about 30 cucumbers growing on him. Um, he has spread out quite a bit, so um, he's fairly long. But yes, yeah, so we've got a lot of cucumbers growing right now. 
I'm hoping we'll actually have enough to try to make a few jars of pickles. I really haven't canned anything. I should. My grandparents can everything and or freeze everything and they just make the, like I said before, they like to make the huge gardens and save the produce. And um, I have frozen a few things, you know, when our squash was gone, I go crazy there for a while. I blanched some of a mix of it and put it in a gallon bag so we'd have a big thing of it in case we wanted it around Thanksgiving or something or some sort of event. And then I've just got the little freezer bags and my grandma said that she had started just cutting hers up and freezing them as they were without blanching them first. So I'm giving that a try. I don't know if it'll work, but I have like one of the patty pan and um, one of the regular squash and one of the zucchini that was right before I pulled up the yellow squash plants and then um, one that's mixed so I thought what the hay my beans are just now getting to the point where we're I think going to be able to maybe get enough to eat on for a meal <laughs> they've just been getting a few at a time it doesn't help that my daughter likes to pull all of them that she can see and so a lot of times that's really younger than they need to be but I've taken all the big ones and started shutting them in a bag and sticking them in the freezer because I figure worst case scenario doesn't work. It's not like it's really going to hurt me. It's not going to be the end of the world. Um, <clears throat> but that way maybe I'll have enough to stick in something I put in the crock pot at some point uh, in this, this fall or winter. But yeah, so my beans are really coming on now. I think in the next two or three weeks maybe I'll have enough to make um, some in the crock pot with some potatoes maybe um that would be great <clears throat> I'm hoping I'm hoping that's what happens excuse me I had to clear my throat but so now we've got a little space to start putting some of those crops out but um I'm mostly going to focus on putting crops out in the front and the back because they do get some shade which means if it stays hot for longer than I'm expecting that they'll still get enough shade and be a little bit cooler maybe they'll do better so I'm going to have to put some of them in pots. And funnily enough, I had ordered a grow bag for potatoes and not really looked to see how long it was going to take. Because it was a really good price. It was on eBay. I was looking for something else. And then it just got here the other day. And I was like, man, I don't really have any potatoes to put in here now. So I think I'm going to put, like, some carrots and beets and stuff in that and stick that in the back where there's, a, you know, more shade. And just kind of see how it goes. And if I put the carrots near the little potato window, maybe I'll see when they get long enough to actually pull them up, which will be great because then I can convince them not to pull them up because I'm pretty sure the four carrots we have are not going to make it to a very big size because she is itching to just pull them right out, which I understand. I feel her pain. I always want things to be done quickly. We had grown some potatoes and they did okay. They didn't produce a whole lot, but we didn't have a whole lot of um, plants, tubers, I guess, what you call them, to really grow that many. But I was at the store the other day. I went to get the neem oil. I ended up getting some flowers and because Emily wanted them. And then I got a few um, herbs and a few really small little sweet pepper plants that I figure if they don't really produce much that I can put them in a pot pretty easy and move them in the house this this winter or when it starts cooling down I guess sometime in the fall probably not really winter but well and so at the time they had some sweet potato starts and it was like a dollar for six of them 
So my thinking was, well, it's no big deal. I kind of thought the potato thing would come in earlier and I'd stick them in that, but it didn't. So we just took grocery um, cloth shopping bags, um, or like those bags you get for freebies when you go places like we recently had a little thing in our small town and then we give you like the bag with some information about stuff and just little things like that. I took um, a larger one and put like five or six of the sweet potato uh, starts in. And then I took a small one that we had gotten at that festival and put one in there for Emily to grow. So we'll see how they do. I don't know if we'll have time for them to make us sweet potatoes or not, but it, at six for a dollar, I wasn't really losing out on anything. You know, it was very little for the plants. I already had bags and I just bought a little bit of dirt. So I think I have like six or seven dollars invested in the whole thing. And I can probably reuse the bags. We'll see. I'll update you guys on that. And I'll definitely um, mix the dirt in with some other stuff and reuse it. So I'm not very worried about it. Whether it does make sweet potatoes or not, it's still fun to watch it grow. Emily's still excited about it. So yeah, it's a great time of the year to clean up your garden and make room for fall crops. Um, I forgot to mention we're also growing lettuce and kale and some spinach. So if you're not big into fall crops, I suggest trying them. Generally, the carrots are sweeter when I can get them to grow. The reason I grow mine in containers is I do have that hard clay soil and I did not have any luck planting in ground. Um, I think a couple, one or two years I ended up getting a couple of carrots and so that was pretty neat, but usually I get, you know, that's, they just can't make it in that soil that I have. <laughs> so, yeah, I suggest it because sometimes the food tastes sweeter. There's different foods you can grow. Um, you're not going to be usually growing the tomatoes and peppers for sure unless you have some sort of greenhouse or you can do it inside where you can get the temperature a lot warmer. But, oh man, nothing better than going out and getting your own like lettuce and kale and, and things like that. It's a great time to grow garlic. I think some people set like onion sets out so that they'll grow some and then them up well come spring then you can get an early start on those uh, we're growing some more peas because you know peas go for a while and then they kind of peter out so we put some more peas in I'm gonna put a few more in now that those are growing um, and just keep doing that until I run out of pea seeds so we can have some succession crops we never grow enough peas because you have to grow a lot of peas if you're gonna grow enough to actually eat or can or freeze um, but to just snack on, which is what we do, we usually do the snap peas. The kids love it. They're delicious, they're a little sweet. It's like a snack, but it's healthy. It's fantastic when they find things in the garden that I can grow fairly easily from seed without a lot of money and effort. And then they just go to town on snacking on it because that's better than them like grabbing the chips or the stuff that we sometimes have in the pantry. But yeah, so we're succession growing peas are easy as long as you have something for them to grow up on and the weather is cool so they're a great spring and fall crop and like I said you don't have to grow huge prolific gardens although you're more than welcome to if you have the time I wish I had the time I would do that but you can always do like me and just grow a few things of a, of a few varieties or a few varieties of a few different plants that's where I was going with that but um and just enjoy the fresh eatings off of them it still saves you some money at the store. It still tastes better than at the store, generally, unless you're somewhere where you can go to a farmer's market or if you're at a store that gets local produce pretty easy. 
a lot of times our produce is shipped so long that a lot of the flavor is gone, a lot of the nutrients are gone. So even just having a few fresh things to eat every now and then, I don't know, it makes me happy inside. There's no other way to say it. I just, it makes me feel good. It tastes good. Of course, I'm, I love food, so that's probably no surprise to anyone that actually knows me. But it, I don't know, it gives me a sense of peace and I think for a lot of gardeners, that's part of it, is the feeling that you get when you garden. So if you haven't really tried it, you're just considering it, or maybe you've grown a spring slash summer garden but haven't really foraged into the fall, give it a try. Some of these things that we're growing, where I'm growing them at, I'm going, hoping I'll be able to cover them because they're gonna be blocked from some of the wind on two sides. And um, if they're in a pot, that might actually you know, help a little bit, but it will not keep their soil quite as warm as if they're in the ground. So I'm hoping to pile like um, some leaves and stuff around them to keep them a little warmer and then cover them when there's light frost. I'm gonna see how long everything lasts. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos from places. Of course, all these people have like cold frames or um, they make up little hoop houses. So I don't know if I'm gonna go that far yet or not. If it, if it goes okay, some of the kale and, and in-ground stuff goes long enough. I may try that next year or I may try that this year if I get froggy. But I just kind of want to see how long I can keep this garden going so I can keep that sense of peace going for myself because it does give me a little bit of sanity and it's something the kids enjoy, it's something Emily enjoys especially being younger. Ethan still likes it. He has decided that all of our squash uh, except the yellow squash, he thought that was boring. But like the patty pan looked like something Pokemon. And and so he went through all of our plants and gave them like Pokemon, Pokemon food names. I'm not really up on this. Like I know what Pokemon is. I've played it a couple times with him. Uh, but I don't know like all the ins and outs of it and like Pokemon fruits. But maybe you've got a teenager. Maybe you're a huge Pokemon fan. I mean, it's been around a long time. Maybe you know what he's saying. So we gave them all different names. It's been really fun. And he's decided for our next garden, in the next spring garden, that he wants to help pick more of the plants out this next year based on some of those Pokemon things. So um, I know I talked about gardening with kids in a previous episode, but I just wanted to make sure that all of you knew that, you know, even when they're older, there are different things you can do. And sometimes they will unexpectedly get excited about something. And hey, maybe you're like me and you don't totally understand it. That's fine because I feel like once you get like a preteen and teenager, there's things you're just really not going to get that they are into. Or you may get them, but you may not get them with the same enthusiasm and in-depth understanding as them. But sure, use that stuff to your advantage because that's, like I said, that's the beauty of gardening. That's why I want to continue on into the fall garden is it makes me happy. It makes my kids happy. It has conversation. My husband even makes comments sometimes and he's really not that much into gardening, which is fine. We don't have to have the exact same interest, but it's still nice to have something to talk about and comment on. So, I guess the whole point of this uh, rambling <laughs> was go out, see what space you can make, get rid of those plants that are either getting diseases or a lot of pests, or just to the point where they are about to outgrow their life cycle, I guess. You know, they're not producing very much anymore. And, and think about putting something else in their place. Now, you'll want to look at the seed packet because you'll want to see there's some of those things that you're going to want to start indoors and they're being outdoors because of the heat. Now, I started all my seedlings in the back on a ledge where there's a lot of shade. 
just make sure they stay well watered but not too watered although that's been a struggle this week because it has been raining like mad so I, I may have to cover them with something that will keep the rain out if it keeps on or uh, bring them in for a day or two and let them like totally dry out not totally dry out but you know not one over two of the containers are getting a little little too moist uh, or I might just transplant them into bigger pots this weekend if I have time you know go out see what you want to grow read how long it needs before the first frost date what kind of conditions it grows best in and go ahead and start filling those spots or planning to fill those spots that you are getting um, clearing out and that are getting empty with some new plants even if you've never done it give it a shot I mean what's it gonna hurt even if you don't do well in your garden um, it does extend the gardening season unless you know you have a huge garden and you're sort of over it which I, I would totally understand um, anyway I hope you guys consider giving fall gardening uh, a try and uh, happy gardening y'all hey welcome to gardening with E I thought I would continue a little bit more about fall gardening I feel like it's kind of a lost art not totally lost there are lately people that are out there planting fall gardens like myself and some people are really passionate about fall gardening but you hear so much about growing a summer garden or starting early in the spring for your summer garden to be great and you see all kinds of plants at the stores and transplants and things for the summer garden but you don't see as many for the fall now that has an upside and a downside to it the upside is that you can get a lot of starts for cheap now they might have been sitting there a while but they'll probably grow just fine so don't be scared of that the stores are trying to get rid of all the gardening stuff that's not winter specific or some sort of shrub or tree or berry of some sort um, mostly they're trying to get rid of a lot of those plants that's just stuff that sits there because not as many people um, buy plants for the fall garden. There's not as much of a demand. Now, I don't know if it's so much that there's not as much of a demand and that people don't want to grow a fall garden or there's just something that the stores see as a summer, spring slash summer revenue and um, they don't offer as much in the fall. I'm not really sure what that is. I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. So that's an upside to it. Um, you know, definitely you can get a lot of plants for next to nothing. Um, and it's really awesome. When I went and bought some flowers and herbs, it was buy one to get one of the same size free. So we bought some basil, because I love basil. Um, and I just hadn't grown any this summer. And I thought, well, I'll try some in the fall. They're on sale right now. And I didn't even realize it was buy one, get one free. So they're like, yeah, it was a local co-op. So they're just like, go out get one of the same size and I was like oh one of the same plant and they're like no just as long as it's the same size it's fine and I was like awesome so I ended up getting more basil because I'm hoping maybe I'll have enough to make a batch of pesto because I really love pesto uh, I could eat it all day every day and be perfectly content um, so really excited hoping I get to have some of my own pesto because I really just got two containers of them but it gave me eight plants and I already had one plant so I've got like nine plants of it which may be enough for a small thing of pesto they were all decent sized plants uh, they hadn't started going to seed or anything yet so that's all positive because it always tastes better before then 
I got twice as many flowers. So I had just gotten a few because where a potato plant kind of leaned over, um, and it killed a lot of my flowers out. And uh, I wanted to spruce that up a little bit once I got it out. And the big squash that was near, and I got those out. And then there was all this sunlight that the flowers are loving. But I got enough to do that and add a few more to some spots. Um, in the other little flower bed where I'd had a smaller container of mint that definitely had to be up-potted because it was growing wild. And in case you don't know, you do not want to grow something like mint uh, just in the ground unless you don't mind mint going everywhere. It grows very quickly. It spreads out quite a lot. So I went from a pretty small container. It was a rectangular shape, but it wasn't very um, wide. It was a little bit deep, but not very deep. And uh, it was just, it was trying to get to the ground. <laughs> like it was trying to find its own way somewhere. So I got and put it in this much larger pot, one that I've used for peppers before. And um, it is filling that up too. So I don't really know what, <laughs> what to do once it gets bigger. Maybe separate it and put it in other places in smaller pots. Um, try to give some away. I don't know if any of you have had the same problem. But anyway, so I filled those up with more flowers and it, it was just fantastic. And so then I had to go to another store because my original purpose was to get Nemo. But of course I had to get more plants. And I got the six um, sweet potato starts, which like I said, I don't know if I'm gonna have, they're gonna have time to make sweet potatoes. I think they will. I'm in the south, it stays warm for a while. Um, we'll see. But it was next to nothing for like, it was like a dollar for like six of them. And so there's all kinds of plants that they're getting rid of. That is the fantastic, fantastic upside to all of that. Um, and then the downside though, is that there's not very much variety left. You know, you're going to start this fall garden. A lot of people do their spring and slash summer, depending on when you start your stuff. Um, through transplants, if that's your thing, you might want to look into some seeds because a lot of fall crops do great with seeds. You know, all of those leafy greens, it's no problem to throw some seeds down and let them go, go, go at it. Uh, same thing, you know, beets grow pretty well from seed, carrots grow much better from seed when they do transplanting them. And, um, so there's that. Now, like I said, we're growing a lot of like broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower. I would try Brussels sprouts, but I just don't think I have enough room. There's all kinds of things you can grow. It's just, there's some things you can't grow. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. But usually there's still quite a few seeds and or you can, you can get seeds from online places like Baker's Creek. I mean, it all depends on what kind of seeds you want. Some people are very diehard heirloom seeds. I like heirloom things, especially like heirloom tomatoes. You can get some really neat heirloom corn and green beans. You can get some stuff that has more variety to it as far as color and taste. And if you have kids like me, then color is a big deal. Like my daughter has decided she wants an all purple garden next year. And I'm like, I don't think we can just do purple, but I bought her this little purple, um, planter thing, a smart pot type bed, like the big bed mini, so it's not very big, it's, it's small enough that she can reach all the way around it, 
but big enough she can grow a few things in it. So I think since I got it in purple because she loves purple. So I think next year I might tell her she can have her own purple garden. But she, um, she has been looking at stuff and she saw a YouTube video because I like watching gardening YouTube videos. Um, I like reading about gardening too and I like listening to podcasts about gardening. But I feel like there's different things for different moods that you're in. And um, so she saw some like purple beans and purple, just everything. There's some purple. So I think we'll do um, all kinds of purple next year in her purple planter. But it is neat that you can get all those different varieties. And it's not, that's a nice thing about fall, like a, an upside downside, depending on where you're at on that, is that you aren't gonna be able to get as many transplants for sure from the store. What you can get though, you can get very cheap because they're trying to move that stuff right out of there. Um, and you get to experiment when you're ordering seeds. Now, unless you're going to have a large garden or you know it's something you would likely like to grow a lot, um, of or to grow um, and that you would grow it again before the seeds you know don't germinate well then I would stick to smaller packets of things that's usually what I do I have a small garden as I've said before so I usually stick to smaller um, seed packets so that I don't have like a thousand of one seed now sometimes larger seed packets aren't bad like lettuce and stuff you're going to success in succession so like peas and things like that Having a lot of seeds is not really a big deal. I usually get quite a few pea seeds. I get a lot of like any of my leafy greens. I try to get a decent amount of seeds. But I don't get as many seeds for things like cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli that I'm not going to succession sow. If you're going to grow radishes, it's awesome. There's all kinds of radishes out there. Some of them are a little less spicy. Um, some of them are more spicy. Believe it or not, radishes have all kinds of different flavor. Now, I'm not a huge radish fan. I will eat them on a salad and in a sandwich occasionally, but I'm not the kind of person that just like picks it up, washes it off, and eats it. Like, I just don't love radish. But there are a few varieties that I like better than others, so I suggest you go out and you try because taste, you can listen to someone else's opinion on taste, like tomatoes. There are so many tomato varieties, and some people like more acidic tomatoes and less acidic tomatoes. Some people like certain varieties of potatoes depending on what they like, how they like to prepare them usually. You know, do they like to bake them or put them, um, roast them or do they want to make them mashed potatoes or scalloped potatoes? You know, so it's nice to hear other people's opinions on that, but especially in the fall, you can just kind of go crazy because seeds are pretty expensive or inexpensive. So you're not spending as much as you do on transplants. And you can just try all kinds of fall crops out. There's all kinds of leafy greens. You know, not just types like spinach, lettuce, kale, mustard greens. Uh, but there's just so many varieties in them. There's so many types of kale and um, Swiss chard and all that kind of thing. So just look around at different kinds of seeds. Do a little research like kind of if things taste more bitter or less bitter or um, spicy or not you know greens have just such a wide variety of taste and textures and colors that is one you know people a lot of people see it as a complete downside to me it's kind of a mixed bag you know I like having a few things from transplants so that a few things I know will uh, mature to the point I can harvest them before the cool weather comes in but it's also nice to try a few things from seeds now keep in mind what you can grow uh, in a different region or a different zone 
you know, all, all the different regions have different growing zones, mainly based on how long you have frost-free days. Um, may not be as much as, as, it may not be the same, because obviously if you're in a much shorter season zone, then you're going to focus on fall crops that are cool weather hardy. You know, there are some that, especially if covered a little bit, will survive some light frost and some even hard frost. And um, I've seen a lot of people who use little um, row covers or make little hoop houses. And a lot of times this stuff is very inexpensive. They get some of that um, plastic and some PVC pipe and, and bend it over and make them a little hoop house for very little money. And it can extend their crop all the way through the winter even if they're not living in the warmer southern region. So depending on where you're at is what you're kind of kind of want to look at for what you're growing. Like how long does it take to get to harvest? Is it something you're gonna be able to harvest more than once? Also keep in mind that when you're planting fall crops, if you start them when it's a little warmer, if they're a longer growing crop, you're gonna have to. Um, a lot of people start them indoors and then kind of transplant them when it starts getting a little bit cooler or at least put them in a shadier spot that isn't as hot. But keep in mind, it's gonna grow a little more vigorously when it's warm. Most things, some things grow better when it's cool. So you'll have to check for that too. But a lot of the longer season ones get a good start from the warm weather. And then when it cools down, they slow down. So I always add about 10 days to my seed packing amount when I'm planting in the fall, just to make sure to give a little leeway for that. And to give a little leeway in case the frost comes a little early because it's not a complete exact science. It's usually really fairly close. And generally, whatever your predicted frost date is, is going to be, you know, pretty pretty much when it's going to happen. Um, which is nice because then you can sort of bank on it. But I always give a little extra there because let's face it, Mother Nature, she likes to do what she wants to do. You know, um, gardening is ran a lot by what Mother Nature likes to do. Uh, what kind of weather you're going to get, how soon your seasons change, how much rain you get, how many sunshine days you get, if you get snow early, it's all Mother Nature. And there's a little bit of unpredictability in there. So keep that in mind. And let's say you start something this year and it the seed packet looked like it was going to work, like you were going to have enough time, and then you didn't, you'll just know to adjust it for next year, and that's not a big deal. We all have um, successes and failures in gardening. In fact, I might do a, a podcast on that at some point. I think sometimes people try to hide those failures, but gardening is, is some of what up to you, some of it is your ability, but a lot of it, like I said, is Mother Nature. So, um, if you're ordering seeds or if you're growing from transplants, try to see how long they're gonna take. Um, some things you can grow, surprisingly, if they're an early variety. You know, um, some people put in another crop of potatoes with an early variety and they manage to get potatoes. So um, just look and see how long, you know, what date is it now? How long till the next frost? How long does your plant need? Like I said, I always add about 10 days on there just to be on the safe side. And just find out. Even the transplants will say, you know, blank days to, you know, maturity or harvest. Depends on how they want to say it. So, yeah, I don't think fall gardening is as loved as the summer garden. I think part of that is because a lot of people really love tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers. And you can just do so much with those and corn and beans. But, you know, I happen to love a lot of the fall crops. A lot of root crops are fantastic. Sometimes you can leave those root crops in the ground for a little longer. 
um, just because the ground is warmer. Now, if you're planting in pots, I do a lot of my planting in pots because I'm still amending my soil. It's not something that happens overnight or usually in a year. Unless you just have enough material to completely cover it in a big, huge lasagna layering type deal, you're probably not going to be able to amend it very quickly. You know, clay soil, it's just what it is around here. Um, which can be really great for some plants, but it's kind of hard on root crops because, you know, root crops grow in the ground. So if their soil is really hard and compacted, you're not going to get as, as big of root crops as you would have otherwise and sometimes they just won't do well at all because they don't they can't fight through all that clay so keep that in mind too you know what kind of soil do you have where will you be planting so if your soil is fairly loose and much better than mine then for sure plant that stuff in the ground and just leave it and be happy if it's kind of a mix then yeah amending it might help now another thing to think about with your soil is if you've been having a garden in there all summer in that spot you're probably going to have to do a little bit at least put some more organic matter in maybe some bone meal maybe some fertilizer all depends on where you stand on that um, some people are big into to not using fertilizer some people are fine with it uh, I think whatever works for you and makes you comfortable is what you should do I don't I don't think really sometimes people are die hard about a certain type of gardening i don't think there's really a completely right or wrong way to do it it's much like parenting in my opinion there's a few big no's but for the most part whatever kind of works for you and your soil and your plants and your lifestyle and ability and time and resources and money then just do that you don't have to be perfect at it. I probably have said that in more than one episode and I know I'll say it in more than one more episode. Like you don't have to be perfect at it and you're not going to be perfect at it. Even the best gardeners have, have things that don't grow well sometimes or they have a storm come through and knock everything down. Or... That's another great thing about fall actually is that a lot of your plants, I mean you have like the peas and a few things that will grow up, but a lot of the plants are in the ground so you don't have to worry quite as much about um, heavy winds from like storms that come through because it's not going to topple them over as much. Now some of them will have foliage above ground that grows kind of high and it's fine if you want to make some sort of support system for that. It can help, it can help, um, help all that from falling over. But um, some people do, some people don't. It all just depends and it depends on how well it grows in that area. Keep in mind your soil. Amend it somehow if you've been growing things in it. If it's and think about the fact that root crops need more um, space in the ground to grow. They need looser soil. So maybe mix in some more. Um, some people put a little sand in there. Some people just put in really great compost um, that's kind of fluffy and light. Um, and then some people are like me, and some things they just don't grow in the ground <laughs> because. Uh, you just need so much organic matter to mix in or just take out the clay soil and then mix in. So, um, so far there's only been a few times I had a lot of organic matter to put on there. I'm working on some compost piles now and I always get some of the grass and the fall leaves and, and uh, when there's storms and all those little bits of wood kind of all over my yard, I try to gather up some of those and and the vegetable scraps and things like that and eggshells and coffee grounds so i try to do my best to 
to amend my soil, but it's just I don't usually have as large of an amount as I need. Uh, so maybe I need to start looking on Craigslist or something. A lot of people said they've had success with that. I tend to believe that most of those people probably live somewhere um, where there's more people. <laughs> For me, anything I ever see on things like Craigslist or Free Swap or something is, is a 45 minute drive. Um, but that's sort of one of the things that happens when you live in the middle of nowhere. Um, so check things out. Check things like that out or check out like sawmills or lumber mills or check with your road crews, um, your county road crews or city road crews, sometimes when they're, or um, power companies, when they're cutting all those trees down, those limbs, or when trees are falling down and they're hauling them off, a lot of times they're making wood chips and sometimes they will either sell them to you very cheaply or they will just give them away. Um, other times they're already donating them somewhere like some places will donate them to like school ground playgrounds and the park playgrounds in the city so I mean you can always call and ask it's not going to hurt anything to find out but anyway you'll need to amend your soil keep in mind the root crops need more space to grow to not just nutrients you know they need that space too and then think about how long you want this garden to go because if you've got some things especially like leafy greens and some of the root crops they could go on through fall and into winter a little bit depending on how severe of a winter you get how cold how many frosts how many snows how many ice events and things like that so you might be able to extend it all the way through the winter if you plan well and you have the resources for that um, I haven't made hoop houses or cold frames or anything although that's kind of on my list I try to just spend a certain amount um, that's not too large uh, when I'm gardening every year just how I am I'm not like exactly stingy with money but you know there's there's enough expenses with the family that I don't want to spend a ton of it on my own hobby even though it's a hobby that's like growing food for the family I don't know I'm probably just overthink things as a mom sometimes <laughs> but um, you know I have had like old curtains that were those curtains that walk out sunlight and just thrown them over something when it's like that and it keeps keeps that moisture off of them and it keeps them a little warmer and then every fall I put a ton of like leaves and the last few grass mowings and stuff like that over like especially I have strawberries that come back every year I have a grapevine so even when the polar vortex year came around and it got so cold and then for so long and um, so many freeze events like with ice and stuff my grapevine did great my strawberries I lost very few of them um, and I had a few carrots I'd forgotten about that survived under under those layers of things. So think about things like when the season's almost over, are there areas you can mulch or that you can make a hoop house or that you can cover or just buy some row covers or like I said, just find some something that you don't really use much anymore that wouldn't be a big deal to leave outside in the weather and just cover that stuff up. The bonus to covering it up with organic matter like um, mulch or leaves or grass clippings or mixtures of all that. Um, sometimes I mix in a little fresh, a layer of fresh dirt um, under all that um, and then cover it up. And you want to wet that stuff down so the wind doesn't blow it away. So sometimes you're gonna wanna go out there and wet it down or you're gonna wanna weigh it down with something. Let's say you grew corn or let's say you had bean poles 
You could just lay those on top to keep most of that staying on there. It doesn't have to be anything fancy uh, or expensive or something special to gardening. You know, just anything you find. Like if storms came and some leaves, little leaves, not leaves, I'm so sorry, limbs have fallen down or medium-sized limbs or, you know, nothing too super heavy. But you can put those on top to kind of hold in some of that organic matter. The beauty of that is that all that stuff kind of breaks down. Obviously your sticks won't or um, whatever you've decided to lay down there, it won't do that so much. But everything else kind of will. It'll stay there and it'll start breaking down. And if some of that's left over, that's fine. Then it's just dig down um, into that and plant your stuff. Uh, that's very much lasagna gardening on a smaller, less intense scale and you just make some space in all those leaves and things about what your root ball is going to need a little bit a little bit bigger than that throw in some new dirt and voila those roots will find their way through all of that down into the actual ground come spring so and summer so that's not a huge deal if all of it doesn't break down but what does break down will give nutrients to your soil it does help amend your soil it's not an overnight fix like i said unless you have a ton of organic matter but it is a fix that over time makes your soil better it makes darker richer better soil so like i said keep an eye on you know what are you going to do to keep them warm and, and going as long as you want them to go do your soil need or really what does your soil need to be more nutrient rich and to be a you know fluffy enough essentially to grow some of the root crops if that's what you're growing even if you don't have much space let's say you're a container gardener and you don't even have outdoor space you can still grow some things um, very easily especially quick things like radish and spinach and lettuce and even some of the other things like just play around and give something a try in fact if you're a container gardener go ahead see how many containers you have and how much um, soil and stuff you want to get or whatever mix you put in there and um, and get some of those cheap transplants and go for it um, but just kind of see what happens I'm sort of a big proponent of that now, if you are growing to just feed your family and you need a huge garden, then by all means, don't don't try to be as cavalier about it as I am. Try to plant some tried and true varieties that a lot of people speak well of. That's part of the reason that finding things from seeds can be really nice if, if you've given yourself enough time to allow all that to mature to the point of being able to harvest before your first frost, is that um, you can read you know, if it's a prolific grower or if it grows quickly or if it's a stayed, uh, tried and true, tried and true uh, variety that a lot of people buy and, and, you know, say good things about. Also, you know, if you're not sure, get on some, some gardening chat rooms and join gardening groups on whatever social media you like or whatever you're into on the internet watch those youtube videos read those blog posts listen to podcasts get information um, about those things you can even find a specific to your area which is great you may not find your exact county especially if you're in a tiny area like me um, but i can still say gardening in east tennessee and i find all kinds of things popping up everywhere um, i mean you just need some google to do that so anyway, I suggest that 
um, you look at what you can grow, look at what you need to do to grow it, and um, you know, late summer is the time to do that, so you can get everything out in time to grow it. So let's let's bring fall gardening back. Maybe one day there'll be enough fall gardens out there that we'll have all kinds of, of transplants coming out in the store and, and more gardening things that are focused to the fall and not just the summer. Uh, but if you have any comments about things you love to grow or any questions about fall gardening or topics you'd like me to cover about fall gardening, just shoot me a comment on here um, and let me know and, and I'll do my best to cover it, hopefully in a slightly less rambly version, but I mean that's generally how I roll. I ramble a little, get off on tangents. But hopefully you feel like I'm just sitting here having a conversation with you because that's sort of what I want this to be. But yeah, so just shoot me some comments or check out my blog. It's Gardening With E at Blogspot. And let me know if you want some blog posts because I know, um, like I said, I'm in a different mood at different times. Sometimes I want to watch a video about gardening. Sometimes I want to hear a podcast. Sometimes I want to read about it. So um, if you're more into the reading or you like, you're like me and you do a little of everything, check out check out my blog too and you can make a comment on either one and I'll try to address it on both um, so anyway uh, get out there and and hopefully have a fall garden all right happy gardening y'all hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the gardening with E podcast I hadn't really planned on doing a podcast this morning but I woke up at 6 30 and couldn't go back to sleep so I figured I could either clean which isn't very appealing because then I'll probably wake the rest of the house up. Or I could work some on the blog. So I started working on my uh, soon to be uploaded blog post and I got to thinking it was about an update on the garden. And I noticed that what I originally planned and then what happened and then what has um, changed as the garden season has progressed and is starting to wind down a little bit um, has created you know a lot of new spaces in my garden and to me that is just an amazing and beautiful thing I enjoy the progression of the garden I like to see how it evolves and changes and it makes me happy when new changes occur now, a lot of changes have happened because I've harvested things like the potatoes or uh, just something has gotten into a plant I was growing. I've had a lot of powdery mildew problems this year, so I keep pulling up squash plants, uh, which is fine because my daughter planted way more squash plants than I thought, and at least it was in a variety, so um, we get something new <laughs> every time I turn around. Uh, we started out with uh, three yellow squash and then um, I thought she had just planted a ton of pumpkins in the back but it turned out there were a, not as many pumpkins but quite a few and then some squash so uh, I guess I was working on something else and she sort of got into the seeds and I just didn't notice and frankly to me all of those sort of look the same when they're first growing they're viney they have similar looking leaves especially when they're small, it just kind of looks the same. And then when the blooms start coming on, you know, they're all big yellow blooms. But once things start to actually get um, pollinated and growing, you realize that that's not what you had there in the first place. So we ended up with some patty pan in the back. 
and then some patty pan on the side. And then she had planted a few more squash plants in the front that um, I knew she had planted, but I just hadn't paid any attention to. But we sort of lost quite a few of those. So when we originally had, let's see, three yellow squash, uh, three patty pan, uh, and three other unknown squash, I will say. Uh, now we are down to uh, two patty pan, one that I think might be table queen, and we've just lost the rest. Um, I tried neem oil, I tried cutting off the effective leaves, uh, and finally it just, it, I just gave up and started pulling some up. We also had a zucchini plant, which produced for a while. You know, we got to eat some on the zucchini, and I got to freeze some of it for the winter, you know, because zucchini is pretty prolific. This plant was never as uh, prolific as some of the others I have grown in the past. And finally, he just had one sad looking, not so healthy looking zucchini on there. And I was like, fine, he's just done. It's getting close to fall planting. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, so like I said, we're, we're down to three squash plants, which is actually much more manageable. My son loves the patty pan. It reminds him of some Pokemon berry or something like that. And Emily loves it because she thinks it looks really neat and cool. And I'm thinking that the mystery one that's growing behind my tomatoes is um, Table Queen based on what the one squash plant that's on it right now looks like. But it's still pretty small. And I think the only seeds we really had were the yellow squash, patty pan, table queen, and uh, the butternut. So um, <clears throat> I think it about has to be the table queen unless... She has pulled some seed from who knows where that I don't know about. So we've pulled those up. That's created some space, though, that I'm going to be able to utilize in my fall garden, which is exciting because we've been having some transplants. You know, we started some seeds, and I'm going to have to kind of up-pop them soon if it ever stops raining enough for me to get out and do that. And then um, it won't be too long till I'm transplanting all that into the garden. And also, you know, that cleared up some space. So I went out and got some plants. And as you know, it's fall. So everything's buy one, get one free. Or it's half off. Or it's severely marked down. Um, so we've added some more flowers. We've added some more herbs. We got a few pepper plants that were tiny and just didn't seem to be doing, doing that great. But, you know, they were next to nothing. So I got them. They're small little pepper plants. I can't remember what type they are. But they're small and sweet. And um, I figure, if nothing else, they're not very large. By the time it starts cooling up down, I can uh, put them in a pot and bring them in and see if they do anything over the winter. And perhaps, even if they don't really produce peppers over the winter, maybe they'll be big and strong and ready to just go crazy come the spring. Because I did that with the tomato plant this last winter, and I thought, oh, I'll just see if it lives. Because it had been a volunteer, it wasn't very big, and I just sort of didn't want to see it go. I guess that's silly, but sometimes I get sad if um, something doesn't have time to produce something. I feel like it didn't get to fulfill its purpose in plant life. Um, so that's probably what I'll end up doing with the peppers. We have gotten like a few, meaning like four or five off the plants, but um, I just don't think they're going to have enough time to really grow well. Um, and then we have also sort of cleared some out. Originally when I thought we had too many pumpkins to deal with, because it's a very small space, I pulled out most of those. Um, and I'm glad I left the ones I did because they each have a pumpkin on them. One that's almost ready 
is turning beautiful and orange and uh, its stem is getting brown and it's just gorgeous and another one that's smaller so I'm hoping she'll at least have a pumpkin for Halloween because that was her whole excitement in the whole ordeal but I have found that I, I sort of love how it's it just flows along you know you have to pull something up or something gets harvested and you can put something new in there and it brings back that excitement you feel when you're first planting in the spring because I know after winter that's I'm just so excited to get out and get my hands in the dirt and put something new in there and so I get a little bit of that excitement when I can change the garden around and I'm getting a lot of that excitement now that I'm planning a fall garden uh, and getting prepared for that so instead of being all sad because I'm having to pull up these plants as needed I, I get kind of excited because I think about well what will I grow there so I just wondered if anyone else felt the same you know do you do you enjoy watching the garden move and progress and, and the opportunities to plant new things and plan new things? Um, I don't know. It just it seems so beautiful to me. This morning is beautiful, too. There's a nice little fog, and the birds have been singing, and it's nice and, and cool and not too hot out here. It's not raining right now. Um, I'm looking around. I, I hope it stops raining enough that we can mow our yard at some point because it's getting a little high. But other than that, I've enjoyed it. I haven't had to water my plants at all this week, uh, maybe once really early on. And um, things are just growing like mad, not just my garden and not just the grass, that I have a lot of area kind of on the edges of my property that I leave just wild because they're, I live in the country and um, the animals need places to travel from one area to the other and so I try to leave them some some space sometimes that's good sometimes it's not so fun I really don't like possums and they seem to like the travel area quite well and I'm not the biggest fan of skunks either but they enjoy the, the pathway quite well as they do any scraps I throw out in the weeds or um, any cat food my daughter sets out for this area's roaming kitties as I'll call them. None of them are ours. A few of them are the neighbors. A few of them are from down the road and um, they just keep multiplying and and then you kind of feel bad because there's all these little little cats running around so I set some food out from time to time and the skunks love it so I know when the evening comes I need to look around those areas where Emily has put some food and and keep my eye out so that I can run in real fast when they start showing up. Uh, but so far, there hasn't been any like wildlife problems in my garden, which is um, not the way it usually is. I usually have a lot of little bunny rabbits getting into a few things um, that I haven't had that this year. So that that has been a good thing. Um, I haven't had to adjust my garden because of that, at least. But um, I just hope everyone else's garden is um, growing and even if it's winding down and it's time to get rid of a few plants, I hope you're at least thinking of putting something else there or if you're not going to do a fall garden you're thinking about what you'll do next year and getting your soil ready and everything but you know just enjoy that progression and that change because everything in life evolves and your garden is going to evolve multiple times during its growing season or seasons so don't you know when I first gardened I would get really sad I'll just be honest it would to me it was just 
devastating sometimes, especially if it was a variety that I loved to eat and had done well. I would just get kind of bummed out when I had to get rid of a plant or when the season started dying down. But now I enjoy it because I have new plans for that area or, um, you know, I can just be thankful for what I got from that plant. So I hope that if you are like I was early on in my gardening, that you grow to realize it's fine. It evolves, it changes. Um, and sometimes it's not even that you've pulled up a plant and made a new space. Like my cucumbers were getting the lovely powdery mildew as well. So I got rid of a lot of their leaves. Like I tried the neem oil and I guess I could try to apply it again soon and see if that helps. But it's getting so late in the season. I, I almost just want things to run their course so I can have that space for the fall garden. But um, so I just sort of took a ton of its leaves. It looks so sad one of the main producers I'd had for the year. And uh, I thought, well, I hope I didn't kill it. Because um, sometimes you do something and you end up killing your plant. It's just the truth. Um, so I was really worried about that. But now he has about 20 cucumbers hanging out on him, uh, coming in. They're little, but they're growing. And um, so sometimes even just, you know, trimming back some of that extra leaf growth that you have on a plant. Same thing with the tomato plant, the one I'd overwintered. Um, I just, it started having a few, uh, leaves and offshoots that looked a little, a little worse for wear. So I took those off and then it looked, the poor plant looked a little even worse for wear than it did originally. But now he's, he's got some new healthy growth and some new little tomatoes hanging out on there. And sometimes it's the best thing you can do. Um, there's just, there's nothing else for it, I guess is what I would say. So and this past week I went through and did a lot of that on my plants. You know, I've had to fight the powdery mildew, so I did a lot of that on the squash plants that are still here. And um, we'll see how that works out. I would like a, a little more um, harvest on the squash plants and the cucumber before I pull them up. So I'm hoping I'll get one more nice hoorah from each um, before I just get rid of them and and get going on that fall garden. Um, same thing with the winter, uh, overwinter tomato plant. I keep thinking, oh, this is gonna be the end of it. It's gone on. Poor thing has lived for a year now almost. And, um, but he just keeps going. Like, just when I think it's looking sad enough that I'm, I probably need to consider getting rid of him, he gives me a new surprise. So um, that's another beautiful thing about your garden evolving. It, it is a surprise. You get surprises that are good and surprises that are bad. and surprises you just didn't expect. Um, what I thought I was going to have in my garden is not what I ended up having. I ended up with a lot of squash and a lot of beans um, and I really thought I was going to have more peppers and I just a lot of those didn't make it. So I have like one pepper plant and he gave us about four peppers so far and then um, I went through and got rid of some of his little leaves that were looking sad because you know how the weather is. It's like super hot forever and now it's rained for a week. Um, but doing that and then the rain and he has a ton of peppers on him so I hope he has time to um, you know get those all into maturity but yeah so I thought my garden was going to be one thing it became another and then I thought the plants I had were going to peter out and I was going to have to replace them pretty quickly and not get some of the things that I was really looking forward to and then I I've ended up being able to you know sort of give them a little TLC and now we're going to have a ton of things that we had been looking forward to. We're just going to get them a little later in the season. So I hope that your garden is growing and evolving 
and you have plans for how you want it to grow and evolve and you know that those plans might not work out it's like life or parenting or just about anything I can think of you know you plan 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 just for things to change and then you can be like oh okay that's nice I'll just roll with it and that's all you can do in a garden just roll with it and plan and then adjust your plans and then get surprises and just enjoy the whole process so I hope your garden is evolving in a way that you enjoy um, and I wish you the best. Happy gardening everyone. Welcome to another episode of Gardening with E. So I put out a few of my fall plants, all the ones that made it as far as the starts. Um, my daughter helping sometimes you lose some of those so I'm not really sure what all is growing at this point it got all mixed up and jumbled up so some sort of combination of cabbage broccoli and cauliflower I know that we have some nice lettuce growing and we've got some beets growing and some kale growing uh, I can recognize those very fairly easily the rest of our garden is starting to wind down so the grapevines dying back the beans are starting to die back although we're still getting some we're still getting tomatoes, just not as many as before, and we're still getting a few cucumbers. So I'm thinking of pulling, you know, most of that up here in the next few weeks whenever I get time. Uh, the flowers are going strong, the basil's going strong, uh, the thyme is going strong, the strawberries are still doing well, but I've been collecting materials so that when I pull stuff up, I can cover it up in a nice layer of grass and cardboard and eggshells and um, leaves and things like that so I can hopefully get back to lasagna gardening at least on the side and the part in the front where there there aren't any strawberries growing right now and then I'm going to need to cover up the strawberries uh, when it gets cold so once I've exhausted the lasagna gardening resources I'm going to get some more grass from the last of this mowing which if it keeps raining and being warm like it is now yeah I should have plenty um, to do that and I always just cover them up in some leaves um, and grass and stuff so that they make it through the winter it even worked one year when the polar vortex was coming through and it was super cold here so I think that could be a, a decent game plan for those of you who are in the colder regions although you might want to throw like um, an old curtain or blanket down on it as well when it's super super cold but that's where we're at right now. We haven't been doing as many podcasts. And really, if you follow the blog, not been blogging as much either. Work has been crazy. The start of school has been crazy. The garden has been winding down. But I will be posting some updates soon and some more advice about uh, putting your gardens to bed and, and getting your fall garden, you know, ready for the fall. You know, I've planted mine in an area that, if any of it extends on into the winter, like the kale might, perhaps, or the lettuce, then I can cover it pretty easily and maybe let it survive that. So that's something to consider when you're putting out your fall garden. If you want to extend it to the winter, then you're going to want to add some an area, put it in an area where you can add additional protection later. Anyway, I hope your gardens have been fruitful and that maybe you're still getting some produce and if you plan on a fall slash winter garden that you're getting that stuff together and starting to get it out. Um, here it's still pretty warm but it's supposed to cool down hopefully in the next few weeks and start to be more fall-like so I've just been sort of preparing for that and hopefully I'll have time to get all the preparations done before it cools down too much. A little bit of cool in the beginning of fall is not a big deal, but when it starts staying consistently cool at night and in the day, then I'm definitely going to need 
to have everything done to keep everything warm and cozy and well protected so thanks for listening to the little update today and hopefully i'll have some more time here soon to post more regularly happy gardening y'all so today i'm going to talk a little bit about successes and failures in gardening we all have years with bumper crops even if you're only growing a few plants you might have a year where those plants just did really well um, and then you have years where um, you're starting to think maybe you've developed a black thumb because nothing's going right or maybe a crop that usually does very well is just doing terrible so, I mean, it just happens. Sometimes it's because we tried something new. Sometimes it's just because of the weather. And that's what I'm going to talk about today here on our Gardening with Eat episode. So, there are some crops that I just don't grow well. I mean, it happens to the best of us. It could be your soil pH. It could just be the makeup of your soil. I've talked many times on this podcast and I mentioned it in my blog that some of my soil just sucks. It's hard clay, East Tennessee soil. And while some things seem to grow okay here, uh, we tend to use a lot of amendments. So we may do fertilizer, we may do something organic, we may put bone meal in there, we may put leaves in there, we may layer our garden up through lasagna gardening, we, may, we might dig trenches and put vegetables in there, but there's a reason for that. Our soil just, it stinks. It's not good, and I know I can't be the only person with that problem, A, because it's pretty common where I live, but B, because it's also common in places where, let's say you had your house built, I mean at some point your house got built, but a lot of times that soil just gets pushed up in some form or fashion and um, that it might just get impacted and it may not have a chance to grow much of anything and it just sort of loses all of its little microbial life and it, it just gets sad or maybe you've overused a certain gardening plot or you've used the same container dirt over and over without adding something to it. You know, soil can be a, a big problem when you're growing things. If your soil is not happy and it's not something that you're gonna be able to use well or that grow well in, then it's not really usable soil. It's just something that's kind of there. Um, so that happens to a lot of people. That's one of the first things people should look for when they're having difficulties growing crops, especially if it's just crops in a certain area, or maybe it's your first garden or two and nothing did well, even though you read all the packets to see what dates and when to put out and how much water. Um, you know, it could simply be that your soil is very poor, that it, it may not be clay soil like mine, but it might still need nutrients or it might be too sandy for something that you're growing. You might need to mix plain old dirt in there. Um, you just, you need to get one of those little pH meters. I say that and I haven't really done it yet. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Um, do as I say, not as I do kind of moment. But it is possible to get a pH meter so that you can see how much your soil needs. You know, different crops do better at different pH levels. So, um, it might be that something grew very well there. Um, you thought you amended it, but then the next thing you, you put there did not grow well. It could just be the pH level was too high or too low. So if you seem to have um, a problem with your crops a lot, then check that soil. 
same thing goes for all the times you're throwing um, reusing container container soil you know um, you need to add something to it that's going to do it well I am sort of more on the organic side. I don't really use very many fertilizers personally. I, I don't think it's a big deal if you do. I think that's a personal decision like a lot of things. Do what makes you happy. Um, although I, I do use it on occasion because sometimes they need it. Um, sometimes they're big feeders and like I said, sometimes my soil is not so good. So I do use it on occasion, but I try as far as, as a long-term solution, I'm trying to build my soil up and I've done a lot of things with that. I have done the lasagna gardening on a small scale and then I haven't really had enough material at one time to build up one huge bed. But in the fall, I always try to pick an area I'm not going to plant if I'm gonna do a fall garden or occasionally I just abandon the idea of a fall garden altogether if I think my dirt really needs help. Because I have like three main areas I plant in. They're not large. Um, I do try to put some new dirt in when I'm planting uh, my plants in the spring and a little new dirt when I'm planting the ones in the fall but this soil is getting used a lot and occasionally it just sort of needs a rest and there's nothing wrong with that um, that can be a really great thing to do um, other times I have dug a trench in there and just thrown my vegetable peelings and then covered it up I try to dig it a little bit deep because I live in uh, the middle of nowhere and there are often a lot of animals like skunks especially and possums neither of which am I fond of but they they do like to come around the yard it's just where I live I live near the woods I live near a national park and uh, there's wildlife <laughs> so but my biggest concern is the skunks and the possums digging and in, digging into the, the scraps so I try to dig a decent depth of a trench and then I just I just collect like a week's worth go out there dig my trench throw it in there and cover it up pretty good and that can be anything really that's not like meat and grease and stuff like that so I do vegetable peelings I do um, eggshells coffee grounds use tea bags um, sometimes I shred up some paper from all those million and one extra papers I have laying around and, and throw some of that in there too and it's sort of like a little bit of composting in in little areas so when I do that I'll either do that near plants that are growing that I think need a little extra into their soil or I will do that in the um, winter in sort of where I think I'm going to plant things so you don't have to really do a trench you can just dig a hole somewhere that you are going to put things next year and you can throw some stuff in there and then cover it back up. And if you do that enough over the course of the winter, in the early spring and maybe the fall, if that spot's empty and you, or you decide not to do a fall garden, then it really can help bring a little bit there without having to do a full-on compost type thing or have enough material to do the lasagna gardening. If you've never heard of lasagna gardening, essentially you're taking organic matter. So you're taking like dry glass, grass clippings, taking either mulch or um, leaves that have been chopped up you're taking your vegetable peelings sometimes layer those you're taking often a little bit of fresh dirt to kind of hold all that up and you're just making layers like you would a lasagna the thing to remember is that your green to brown ratio is is what people get off a lot like you don't need a 50 50 ratio that's a bad idea actually um, you need far more browns than you need greens. And greens include things like your vegetable peelings and um, your grass clippings. And 
Your browns include things like paper or newspaper is pretty common and easy to get a hold of. I like to tear up my cardboard pieces and put those in the compost. But then if I have a spot that I'm going to kind of keep empty, then I will use wet newspapers or um, cardboard sheets, you know. So like we buy diapers because we have a girl that almost potty trained, but we still have to buy some pull-ups and diapers and wipes and they come in boxes. And so I'll just save some of those up. And then when it gets to be about time, I will just cut them open and lay them over each other so that they're overlapping. It makes it a little stronger and a little harder for roots to kind of grow through those cracks. There's no cracks and edges that way. I like grass or anything to come up through that. And it's a nice little weed barrier. It's not 100% foolproof, but it does a pretty good job, especially cardboard versus newspaper. But wet newspaper with a, a decent amount of, you know, not like one little layer of one sheet each newspaper. You need several layers of it. Does the trick just as well. And it does a couple of things. One, it helps with that weed control. And two, it adds in a lot of those browns because um, you need more brown than you need green. Okay, and then a lot of times I'll lay that down and then I'll lay down um, the the vegetable peelings in a nice little layer, however many I have, and the coffee grounds and the eggshells and the tea bags and stuff. And then I'll pile on a mixture of like the grass and the leaves. And then you, you want to make sure the cardboard or the newspaper are wet first. And then usually the vegetable peelings and all that stuff I don't have a huge problem with because it's a very thin layer for me. Some people are lucky and they have like a coffee shop nearby that they can get a lot of coffee grounds from or a restaurant that will give them like their peelings and things like that. But I live in a really small area so I don't have any of that um, opportunity I guess is the way to say it. So I will just throw what I've got on there and and occasionally if I think it was too thin as the winter goes on instead of digging the trench that I mentioned before or the hole then I will simply just move some of the stuff that's on the top side throw some peelings on and cover it back up. So I don't really wet that second layer down very much but then I put on the grass slash leaves or mulch if you don't have those things readily available then you could just go buy some mulch that works just as well. And um, I will put that down, I'll wet it down, and then I'll weigh it down with something. And over the winter, a lot of that breaks down. Now, usually the cardboard does not break down all the way. The newspapers are sometimes not totally broken down. But you can always go back in in the beginning of the spring, add some more dirt, or add some more um, organic matter of some sort. Or if you do compost, add some compost on top. You can add another layer on there. Or you can simply make a little hole in the area where you put that top layer at and then throw some dirt down, stick your plant in, cover with some more dirt, press it down firmly. Over time, those layers will turn into a nice soil. Like the worms will come up and eat through the cardboard and the um, newspaper. And then it will, you know, you'll get worm droppings in there or castings, whatever you want to call them. And you'll also get other bugs and wonderful things for the dirt to come in there and all those things will break down so if you keep adding a few layers here and there around where your plants are um, and you do that over the course of several years you can have like a whole new garden or if you're not I mean if you have excess to more materials than I typically have you can put more layers on there and have a ready-made garden bed immediately but over time you will need to add more material on there because the height of it will shrink down when it is all like decomposing and turning to this gorgeous dirt. I started that a few years ago. 
on the side of my house where I haven't had as much chance to mend, you know, because I had done that some on the front and the back and had gotten a few cycles in there. And then I tried it one year on the side, but it's just I don't, I haven't done as much to that dirt. And it's, um, it gets more water there. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a more problematic spot for me. So I'd done that, but I wasn't able to keep up with it at first after my daughter was born. There was just too much going on. And that's okay. Sometimes life gets us. I'm going to try that again this fall. And then hopefully I'll be able to keep up with it. And over time, I will get that that little area looking a little better too. So um, I started a compost pile. So I'm hoping to have a layer of, of at least halfway composted stuff to put on the top after all the other layers. And maybe that will help me out and kind of let it go. Um, I might have a few pots there um, or planter bags, but I will just set those on top of whatever layers I have going on. Now, the beauty of building up a garden like that is if you're not digging into the dirt and disturbing it, which if that's how you garden, it's fine. I do that plenty too. Like, I'm not a, a one-way method kind of person, but... Um, So I'm not a person that does just like one way. I'm not a one method woman, I guess. So um, there's no issue with that. But I have found when I'm not disturbing the dirt so much and I'm building up my dirt instead, that it does make uh, a lighter dirt. It makes a richer dirt. It makes one that's easier to plant some of those like root crops in or um, things that need a little more space. It's not as compacted. You're not digging it up and moving it around. It's not getting, uh, especially if you've got an area where you don't have to walk on it, then it's just not getting compacted down the same way. So that's another wonderful way to um, help out your garden if it's struggling. Now, other reasons that you might have failures uh, would be not enough water, like during a drought, or if you just didn't have time, and or um, don't some people don't go out and water the garden I have such a small area that I typically try to water it during the summer months when I can in the evening at least a few times a week at an okay watering so that my plants will do all right because um, I'm in the south and sometimes it's really hot and humid and uh, some of my stuff is not hot so I'm going to water that anyway because it just doesn't get hold on to the dirt as well or the rain in the dirt as well as it does like when you plant in ground but if that's not something that you do, like you don't have the time or you don't have the resources or or your garden's not set up that way, um, just try to keep an eye on it. Maybe the stuff that needs extra water, maybe just get a little watering can and water those areas like tomato plants often need a lot of water. There's nothing wrong with just watering a few plants. Now, if you've got a big garden, that's a little harder. I know some people still do it. They run a soaker hose for X amount of time, uh, once or twice a week to give them a really good amount of water and you can do that too but you know the more water you use the more your water bill goes up usually and everyone's um, rate of usage for their water is different so for some people that's not something they want to do uh, others it's perfectly fine so just keep that in mind too little water or too much water can really hurt a plant especially if it's in a container that doesn't have good drainage uh, if you'll notice a lot of times when you buy pots uh, or planters at the store, they don't have the holes in them already. And I don't understand that because unless you're gonna put a good layer of gravel to kind of keep your roots from getting too wet when it's things like that, you really need some drainage holes. Now, I know some people who are planting inside maybe like that and they like 
putting the gravel in and that's that's maybe that's why they do it in the store that could be a perfectly reasonable explanation for that but it drives me batty because then you either have to fill it up with gravel or something that will you know make a barrier where that extra water can go at but still the plant can soak it up in the dirt or whatever or you have to drill some holes in there yourself so make sure there's good drainage make sure that water is not just going to be sitting on there and listen there's a lot of plants you don't need to water every day most plants you don't um, and the top little layer there is not always a good indicator of how wet the soil down where the roots are is so stick your finger in that little pot that's fine or stick your finger down in your dirt a little bit if it's outside um, and you'll find out pretty quick if if the whole thing is dry or if just that really top layer is dry so that's what gets a lot of people especially people who grow in containers that top level looks dry and they put more water in and they put more water in and they put more water in and then it just it gets like root rot and it just dies and you're like what's happened well that's something that can be a failure also not get watering them enough if they're in containers especially could be a failure so check water usage so um, i've mentioned soil i mentioned water now other things that can happen um are that you just you know like i talked about not enough nutrients of soil but maybe you put too much in there maybe you put too much fertilizer in there and that can happen a lot um especially if you're gardening in a small area you know um fertilizer you put on them other plants or around the other plants or wherever you put it you know could be leaching into the soil where the one you put that on there is as well so if you find that the case maybe wait a while before you put some more on there and see if it sort of improves after a little bit you can put too much on there and different plants need different amounts of different things that's why fertilizers have those different numbers so you might want to research that for what you're growing and see if that could be an issue if you don't think you know if you've checked your soil and you've checked your water level it could be too much fertilizer even if it's an organic top fertilizer it doesn't have to be like um what we typically think of fertilizer uh, maybe you're putting too many of a certain type of vegetable peelings in there or um you know just check that out maybe that's what's going on maybe it's got too much of a good thing that could happen to plants too just the same as it does us Another thing is things that are out of your control can cause a failure in gardening or a success in gardening. Um, the weather was different this year when we grew our potatoes. I got some potato seeds, some true potato seeds. It came on this little ball that kind of looked like a tiny tomato and it was on my potato plant and I was like, what in the good googly muggly is this? And it was, that's what it was. It was a little, little thing that holds the potato uh, seeds. And so I saved those. I don't know if I'll be able to grow them or not I'm going to start them this winter so I'll update you guys on the podcast and on my blog um those that don't know I also have a blog called gardening with E uh, and I, I try to update them both occasionally uh pod, podcast probably less than I do the blog we try the blog at least once a week up to three times a week uh I've been a little lax on it the last little bit because uh, school started not long ago and my work schedule went back to the normal and my husband's back at work because he's a teacher and everything kind of got a little off kilter. So I think we're getting back on track. But anyway, so, you know, that can cause a success in that case. Or you could just have a really dry summer or a really wet summer. Maybe it's too wet for your corn to pollinate well. You know, it's just soaking that pollen and not letting it, or it's too windy and it's blowing the pollen to who knows where, but not your corn plants. Um, so you can have, weather happen you could have big storms come through you could have hail you could have heavy winds you could have a flood I mean there are sometimes things that just 
are completely and absolutely out of your control. Mother Nature, as I said before, does what Mother Nature wants. And sometimes it's not what we want for our garden. And sometimes it is. Um, so remember, failure is not always failure on your part. And there are some times when we fail, we learn lessons from it. Like I tried forever to grow carrots in my poor clay soil. I thought surely this will still work. If I dig and I fluff it up and uh, try to mend it a little bit, and I, I just haven't had a single success. Well, I won't say a single success. I've had a few carrots grow, okay? And I've had one or two that grew to a decent size. For the most part, they did not grow. <laughs> and when they did, they did not grow well. And um, it just, you know, weren't what I was wanting. So to me, that was a failure. And the fact that I didn't get very many was also a failure. And, and with clay soil, sometimes they'd hit a clump of clay and they'd grow all crazy. That really doesn't bother me. But to some people, that would be a failure as well. So, um, you know, you may have to adjust where you put something. You know, you may have to look at what you've got. You may have to sometimes just take it with grace and say, well, maybe it wasn't an outside factor. It wasn't, you know, my soil. It wasn't my water under or over it wasn't the weather it you know I didn't put too much fertilizer on there hopefully I put enough um, maybe it's just you forgot about your plants for a little while I've done that before life gets in the way and you think oh those will be okay a few more days when I can check on them this weekend because I don't have time this week um, I've got work and then I've got to cook dinner and I've got to make sure that my son gets his homework done and I gotta make sure everybody gets everything ready for tomorrow and the lunches are packed and we spend a little time together and or maybe you're you have um, a lot of commitments like maybe you're a caregiver to someone else in the family maybe someone lives with you that you take care of them maybe you, you go out so many times a week to help someone in your family or a friend shop and get around I mean I don't everyone's got different things perhaps you volunteer a lot whatever it is that keeps you busy maybe it kept you busy too long from your garden and that's something you can learn like that you only have X amount of time. And that's that's something I try to pay attention to. In a lot of ways, I would love to have a huge garden. It would be amazing if I could grow most of the vegetable vegetables for my family and put them back through canning or freezing them. But I can't. Like I know that about myself. What I've got now is, is about what I can manage. And in the summer, I don't have a lot of time to manage it. It's up to my husband when it's been really really dry and I've been working out of town he has had to water them and the last time I asked him to water them this summer which wasn't much because I just drove home more and was just exhausted from it um, but there were a couple weeks I just couldn't really come home a couple of nights like I had been doing and when I had done that I had just sort of watered a couple of times in the morning if they needed it and it was nice it kind of helped out but those two weeks I wasn't able to so those two weeks I asked him to check on the garden and water it and um, so it was only a couple of times, but he was feeling overwhelmed with the, with the kids and because um, I take care of a lot of that or we do it together and it was him on his own day and night and for so many nights a week and that's stressful. Um, so I'm not like throwing any shade at him. You know, I appreciate everything he does to make me keeping this full-time job possible and growing a garden even though, I mean, it's more of a hobby than anything. It's just something I enjoy doing. Uh, but... He was sent me a text back and said, look, it's all I can do to keep me and the kids alive. So next year, you're going to have to have plants that need less. 
So that tells me right there, I need to figure out maybe um, put my tomatoes somewhere that I can set up a soaker hose to make that a little simpler. You know, sometimes you just run out of time or you suddenly have a commitment that comes up that you didn't expect or that's taking more time than you expected or maybe the weather's not cooperating so your garden's taking more time than you expected. So sometimes you have to really adjust uh, what you're going to do. And if you're new to gardening, I suggest starting small um, unless you know you're going to have an unlimited amount of time. You know, start kind of slow, work your way up till you get to the point of knowing how much time you have, how much space you have, can cover and comfortably keep up with, how much time you have to harvest, uh, because that can take a little time out of your, your day as well. And the bigger your garden is, the more time that's going to take. Um, so start off small, build yourself up and see what you have time for because that's something that gets people a lot. Um, it seems really easy when you're putting all those seeds and transplants out, but it's, it's sort of, you know, the workload grows as the season grows. And so you've got all of that, keeping them alive and keeping them staked up and happy, depending on what they are and, and making sure they're as weed free as possible and keeping them watered and, you know, battling the weather and conditions. And then, um, then you have the harvest. And um, I think a lot of people think all that happens at one time, but a lot of times it doesn't. You might have a lot of it happening at certain points during the year or your garden season, but a lot of times you've got to do some harvesting as time goes on. The more you harvest, the more your plant generally grows. And um, as far as like providing more, more fruit on it or vegetables on it or whatever you want whatever term you want to use there or whatever from whatever you're growing but um you know keeping up with that can really take up more time than people assume it will so think about your time think about your space think about all of those things and that will help you have a more successful garden try to keep either mental note or if you're the kind of person like me who's sort of scatterbrained you know write it down somewhere or put it on your phone or or somewhere in the notes section and say, well, this did really well. I had time for this. This, I need to work on a solution. And like I said, I know now I need to work on a solution for the things that are gonna need a little more watering in the summer. Because um, as long as I still have this job next year, it's gonna be the same challenge for a couple of weeks, just the way my work schedule is. Um, so keep in mind, keep track of those so-called failures make note of what you think it was so that you know how to combat that the next time you grow something you know and sometimes you just have to accept defeat and grow it somewhere else or grow it in a new way and broaden your gardening ways you know like i said i can't grow carrots in the ground around here very well so now i started doing them in pots and i still didn't do as well as i wanted to do um but I'm gonna give it another shot this fall and see if I can have a better crop since it will be fall and carrots typically grow pretty good in the fall. So keep that in mind. And make sure that your failure isn't due to you not doing a little research on the front end. Um, I know sometimes when the first few years I garden, I just threw stuff in there and I just did it. I just looked to see what would grow. Now I try to pay attention to the frost dates and if it does better in the spring and the fall or better in the summer with all the heat i try to pay attention to how far apart it would like although i think that one can really be played around with a lot there are some things 
that do need a lot of space, but if you can grow them vertically, they need less space. So, you know, you can play with those components of it, but a lot of times the planting date, there's only so much you can play with that. Um, some things you can plant later and have a second crop, and that's perfectly fine. People do it all the time. They have multiple crops of beans, multiple crops of corn, multiple crops of potatoes, or multiple crops of um, peas and stuff. A lot of succession planting goes on. Just make sure you're doing that with plants that have enough time for that to occur. So I hope I've given you a few things to think about as far as failures go. And another thing to keep note of is your successes because maybe you did something really great. Maybe it was something you did. Maybe you got the amount of pH your soil needs perfect or you knew exactly how much to water or not water. Or maybe you picked a really good spot for that crop to grow. Or perhaps you amended your soil over winter or while you were growing it or used a different fertilizer or used a different dirt mix or changed up your compost, I don't know. Keep track of what you think might have been the cause of that. And sometimes you might not know. Sometimes, once again, it could be Mother Nature because she likes to give us good surprises just as much as she gives us bad ones. Um, but keep track of those successes and be happy with those successes. They don't have to be huge successes. I know a lot of people will watch um, the YouTube videos and read the blogs. People are keeping track of how much they're growing. And that's amazing. I'm super pumped for them when I see that. I know that's not gonna be me because I don't have the space and time for it, but I can still be really happy for them. And at the same time, be happy for myself for what I'm growing. You know, I didn't get a ton of vegetables in anything this year. Like, I got enough for us to eat. I got enough squash for us to put up some for this winter. I'm hoping to get enough beans to at least eat a mess or two and put up put up a little bit for this winter just because sometimes in the winter I get awful tired of those root crops as much as I love them. There's only so many turnips, beets, carrots, and potatoes you can eat with your meals. So sometimes it's nice to have something like that, and it's even more special when it comes from your garden. So even if you made one jar of pickles, or you managed to put back one of those little bags, freezer bags, of um, some sort of crop, that's still a success. Maybe for the first time your carrots grew well, and they got a good size, and they tasted uh, nice, and they looked real good and that's a success too. Perhaps you've never grown a single thing and you managed to grow some lettuce. I don't care what it is. I don't care how big or small it is. You should enjoy those successes. You should share those successes. Heck, you can go on my blog or, or on, on my podcast and you can tell me any success you want, big or small, and I'm going to congratulate you for it wholeheartedly because that's what makes us happy when we're gardening. Those little successes, even if they don't outweigh our failures on occasion, because some years are better than others, they still make make it worth doing. You know, gardening is one of those things that you don't know what's going to happen. It, you know, you can plant all you want. You can plant all you want. You can try to um, make all those factors we talked about perfect and stuff can still happen you know so it's something you just have to wait and see and that's what I think makes it exciting the little successes that go along with the failures that we have I enjoy learning something new each year I'm keeping note of it and sharing it with other people so listen um, I'm not going to bore you too much more with this talk because I feel like it's gone on a long time I sort of got off on a on a roll so to speak but share any of your successes or failures with me, and I will certainly respond back to you. I hope that um, your gardening is going well if you're gardening now, or if you're planning a gardening, I wish you the best of success with that. Um, and uh, I'll just catch you all again with another topic. So happy gardening, y'all.